You're now listening to the Better Off Dad podcast with Tim DeWald and Matt Bixenstein. Tummy scratches? I love that. <laughs> Can you give me your name for the record, sir? Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> What's your middle name, Charlie? Tootie Bix. That, that is not your parental given middle <laughs> full name, sir. Charlie, who's, who's funnier looking, me or Tim? Or is it Ty? Answer carefully, Charlie. I'm going to edit this interview. <laughs> Tim. <laughs> that is the wrong answer. <laughs> Keeping it in. Yeah. Keep it in. Keep it Dada. in. Dada. Oh, no, that's the right answer now. That's the right answer. <laughs> delete. Delete. <laughs> Charlie, I, I understand that you have a name suggestion for my yet unborn son. Is that true? Yeah. What is your suggestion? Tootie Booty. I don't like that. Tootie Booty Dewald. It's got a nice ring. Is it Tootie first name, Booty middle name, or Tootie Booty is one name? That's the full name. That's the full name? No, not even Dewald, just like Prince, like Tootie Booty? <laughs> yeah. Right? Okay, good. What's the hardest thing about being a big brother? Because when you build something, the baby normally knocks it down. Knocks it down, yeah. So do you have to protect it? Yeah. Or... Do you ever have to just be like cool with the fact that Lucy knocked something down? I can't make it cool. You can't make it cool? Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes you, you're, uh, you know, you're good natured about it and you just rebuild it, right? You just tell Lucy no thank you and then you rebuild it? I tell you, when and when I say goodbye, Tootie, see you in Timbuktu. <laughs> hey, what's your favorite thing to do with your sister? Play Legos. Play Legos? Yeah. yeah. Do you guys build Legos together? Yeah. Yeah. I have a new dinosaur set. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. It comes with two dinosaurs. Two dinosaurs? Yeah. What kind of dinosaurs? Pachy, uh, Moloch mm-hmm. and Ankylosaurus. Oh, cool. Advanced names. Huh? Yeah, I, I'll have to take your word for it on that. <laughs> yeah. Can't need a fact check. Just here. Hey, I've, I've, seen, I've seen a video where you uh, you basically taught Lucy a bunch of dinosaur names. Didn't you? Yeah. That's pretty cool. You taught your, your little sister something? She can say T-Rex, Cytelab, Blackiosaurus, Indoraptor, Dominosaurus, Argentinosaurus, Apatosaurus, Cytelohops, Segosaurus, Angliosaurus. He could go on all night. He knows an absurd amount uh-huh. dinosaurs. Did you want to teach your sister all of the dinosaur names? Yeah. Why did you do that? Because I wanted to make her no more dinosaurs. Right. Well, why, why did you want to make her no more dinosaurs? Because I wanted her to learn. Yeah. Because they're important to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I want them to be important to her. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to tell Mara, my, you know, Mara, she's my daughter. If you were to tell her one thing to, like, keep in mind about being a, a big sister, what would it be? It's when you're about something, sometimes your baby brother will knock it down. And what should, she, what should she do when that happens? Say no thank you and then rebuild it. That's great advice, Charlie. Do you remember, Charlie, when Lucy was first born, how you were really helpful with fetching diapers for us? 
I just like flew when they needed the diaper. I just like flew one in the end and swicked it to them. Could flew. they? Would they catch it? Yeah. Did they ever drop it? No. Did they ever give you the dirty diapers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Did you throw them away? I want to know I did. Did you I hide th- them in your desk? Yeah, please don't tell bed. me they're stashed <laughs> in your closet or something. <laughs> Yeah, what did you do with them? I don't know what I did. What'd you do? I put them in my dad's sock drawer. You put them in your dad's sock drawer? Oh my goodness. <laughs> did you ever put them in his lunchbox when you take to work? Yeah. <laughs> and put it between two slices of bread and tell him it's a ham sandwich? Yeah. I think you'd probably figure that out right before you take a bite. Maybe not. Yeah. Your dad's pretty tired sometimes. <laughs> And hungry. And hungry, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> he is so hungry, he just takes a bite and he eats. <laughs> he eats a dirty diaper sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty gross. <laughs> I'm going to make one for you. You're going to make me eat a dirty diaper sandwich? Yeah. I don't want to do that. Charlie, Tim's about to have a little boy. Mm-hmm. You're a, you know, not so little boy. Do you have any encouragement for him? Should he be excited? Or nervous? Or how should he feel about having a little boy? Nervous. Why nervous? <laughs> because what if the baby would just like... Punch, punch is you in the boot when you're not expecting. The little boy's going to punch me? <laughs> yeah. What? Have you ever punched your dad when he's not expecting it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, we, we wrestle for him. I don't think you do the sucker punches when I'm not looking. Who wins when you guys wrestle? Always me. (laughs) No hesitation. (laughs) Do you think he's letting you win? No. No. He's trying to win. He's trying to win? You're just that strong. Yeah. Who's stronger, you or a T-Rex bite? A T-Rex bite. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Charlie, can you say, try not to screw up your kids too bad? Why not to tune up your kids, too, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I said two. I know, I heard it. <laughs> Greetings, friends and foes of the Bod Pod. I'm your long-lost co-host, Matt, here with fellow MIA co-host, Tim. We're back, baby. We're back. If it feels like it's been forever, it's because it has. Uh, for reasons both technological and uh, gestational, <laughs> we have not cranked out a new episode in in uh, nearly three months, <laughs> yeah. but all that changes now, episode 23. Yeah, that's over. We are back in the settle that is Tim's basement. Uh, we're recording this three days before Christmas 2022 in a nearly unprecedented weather phenomena. The temperature here in Cleveland is going to drop by 40 degrees overnight tonight, mm, mm-hmm. so that ought to make the next few days of holiday festivities pleasant. Terrible. I was just telling Tim that it's going to be too cold for, you know, there's going to be snow. It's going to be too cold for the kids to actually play outside. Therefore, we bring the snow inside in Tupperware bins. Yeah, I I had um, never, I think Busy Toddler or something probably shared something like that oh, on yeah. Instagram before, but I, I hadn't seen it done in the wild. Not an original idea, but on a day <laughs> when it's going to be five degrees, that is the perfect day to, to try it out. Um, anyway, thank you for uh, listening to uh, that very eloquent interview with uh, my son, Charlie. Uh, that was recorded right before his fifth birthday a few months ago, and we probably need an explicit disclaimer for his hopefully age-appropriate potty mouth. <laughs> Tim, how the hell are you? And more important, I believe you have some rather substantial news to share 
a family update of sorts. Yes, that's right. Before we get to that, I'll add my thanks to the now probably, I don't know, what do you think? He's 16 years old by the time Charlie's <laughs> listened to this show, at least past this point. Maybe he heard his interview, but he's not getting, what are we, like two minutes into the broadcast right now? He's not yeah, getting this far into it. The parental controls are going to kick him right back out. <laughs> um, Charlie, or Choo Choo Bix, as they call you now in high school, uh, I hope your tastes never change uh, and that you're thriving in your young life. Uh, those watermelon Sour Patch Kids, uh, I'm sure we're very... That's right. I, I hope you're still chowing down he on probably those. probably has cavities we yeah. haven't discovered yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love him saying, like, it's watermelon and uh, sour. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Taste buds work pretty yeah, well at that they're, age. they're perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, that was a lot of fun to record back in October. My goodness. And uh, what's happened since then? Uh, well, we had a disk drive fail. That's Technological. Big thanks to $300 data recovery. Shout out there. Not getting paid for that, but if they want to <laughs> Give me my free. They want to give me my money back that I paid to get my hard drive recovered. I'd love that. Should be on the house for that. that I would think so. That's worth three hundred dollars. A little bit there. Uh, But they recovered the Bod Pod drive and the archive, so we're all back in business there. And uh, oh yeah, we had a we had a baby. We welcomed a new uh, child into the world, huh? Yeah. Uh, Graham Nicholas Dewald was born on November sixteenth, just after midnight. Mom did great. Dad is finally beginning to recover. Much more on that later. But, yeah, it's been a whirlwind. Uh, But isn't this kind of like a dad? You send him to the store to grab some milk, and then they come back a couple hours later, alcohol on their breath, but a smile on their face. And that's where we are right now, you know? That's right. Uh, Just like a dad indeed, Tim. um, I'm sitting here drinking a Juicy Gossip, a session IPA from... Bells, uh, what you got over there, too? I have the Bells West Coast Hazy. It's a West Coast-style hazy IPA, which, as we talked about, does seem like a contradiction uh, in terms. But yeah. you had a friend drop off a, a little a sampler here? That's right, yeah. Thank you, Chris. Uh, came down from Michigan um, a few weeks ago and brought that. So from really the source. It. That's yeah. right. Um, but, yeah, you know, Tim, it's, it's the beauty of the cycle of life, what you're talking about here. Um, just as your hard drive crashes to a cruel death, you're blessed <laughs> with the immeasurable joy that is a child, a mm. son in your case, a huge congratulations to you and Jill on this lovely addition to your family. Um, if it goes without saying that I'm super stoked for you guys and am fascinated by the prospects of what a small Tim clone will grow to be. <laughs> yeah, terrifying. But let's get down to nuts and bolts. Tim, I believe you have a tale to share from your birthing experience. Listen, I just want to correct the record and say I'm not. I'm not super stoked. I'm exhausted. Okay. If I if I sound a little dead on this uh, podcast, it's because I am. Okay? I'll have to bring the enthusiasm for you. Yeah. You down with GND? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bed. Uh, yeah, I I mean, uh, so let me say by uh, let me start by saying we are five weeks in at the time of the, recording this episode. Uh, I have not had the pleasure yet of being retrospective when it uh, comes to the new life that we've brought into the world. Although I'm going to take a stab at that later in the show, maybe. Um, so uh, if you are a parent expecting your first kid or your second or God help you more than that, whatever happened to your guy <laughs> with like triplets and another one on the way at the race that he never came through? He, you know what? I, I, can, um, I can circle back to that when we're ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we won't be. Um, but anyway, if you're in those camps, stick around, please, for my detailed dispatch uh, from the front lines. But let's not bury the lead here when it comes to. Uh, the birthing story, uh, Daddy hit the dirt. Okay, uh, I I passed out in that uh, birthing room. Cleveland okay? Clinic, they usually have um, tile flooring. You know, dirt flooring is a little outdated for that. Well, them, right? I don't know. I my head hit the one of those like little uh, carts uh, apparently that they oh, like the trays that they uh, move the food around on, and I think I I bounced back into the chair uh, that was behind me a couple times. For the uh-huh. record, I like bounced down, back up, 
bounced down again. I almost code blued the hospital staff. I had to sit next to my wife who had just finished bringing a human life into the world <laughs> and was fine while I sat eating graham crackers and apple juice recovering. And so, yes, first detail, no, that's not where we got the name. Okay? <laughs> I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. It's not the first time. It won't be the last. Uh, so, you know, taking a step back from that, uh, the birth did go uh, pretty smoothly. Uh, we ended up having a scheduled, uh, we got uh, induced. Uh, we were able to get my wife's parents to watch our uh, to watch Mara, drove calmly to the hospital, got comfortable, got introduced to the staff, and then we sat and we waited. This is like, you know, peak Elon Musk buying Twitter for $44 billion and wasting the money and becoming the most cringe online divorce dad ever. <laughs> Donald Trump running for president again. There was a lot to review. So we were just riveted the entire time as we we're waiting around. Yeah, I mean, playing the mid-labor waiting game while doom scrolling seems appropriate for this day and age. But please continue, dear Tim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, things went great from there. Uh, Jill is a, a pro-labor candidate, right? She is the Bernie <laughs> Sanders of birthing babies. Uh, just before midnight, we're still joking about which celebrity birthdays will align with Grams, and then towards the end of her actual labor, not more than you know, 20, 30 minutes later, uh, when all the fun and games are going on around me, I'm feeling a little bit woozy. You know, you're getting the doctor saying, Dad, Dad, you got to lift the leg, Dad. Uh, and then that baby comes out, and I am bouncing off the floor like I'm doing some kind of ass-centric version of the worm. Nurses are yelling, stay down, sir, just sit down, uh, and asking me if I need to go to the ER. It was great. It was not an embarrassing situation at all uh, in any way, shape, or form. It sounds like, Tim, you needed to be one of those old-fashioned dads who just waited in the hallway with Smoked a cigar. Smoked cigars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, cigar. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was I doing? Uh, but this all masked a uh, – it, it was actually uh, taking a turn for the serious part, a, a really kind of scary moment that had nothing to do with me hitting my head on the trade table. Uh, Graham, originally when he came out, had uh, his umbilical cord wrapped around his neck and was having a very difficult time getting his first breaths. Uh, we were not able to hear that initial cry, and so the medical staff there uh, hit whatever button they do to call in the cavalry, and about five seconds later, that room was filled with people working to get Graham uh, breathing well and get uh, some phlegmy stuff cleared out of his throat and all that kind of stuff. Uh, spoiler alert, he did eventually get all that done, uh, but it was a super scary uh, time at the moment, and uh, the thing I'm going to remember uh, the most isn't me fainting mostly because I don't actually remember that at, at all. Uh, but being with my wife and holding her hand as they worked on our son, because uh, there is just nothing more frightening um, uh, than the prospect of losing a little miracle like that uh, in that moment. So, uh, And yes, if you're wondering, I did offer Jill some of my graham crackers uh, towards the end of that whole experience. So uh, she she got what she deserved in the end. <laughs> yeah, a true gentleman in the end. Yeah. Um, you know, Tim, an incredible story all around, a tale of... Heroism, a fall from glory, and redemption. <laughs> uh, just, a, just a slight um, little knife in the back there. <laughs> there will be plenty of time down the road for jokes about how you inexplicably fainted and pulled the hospital resources away from your wife and child during childbirth. Mm -hmm. Actually, though, from what I've heard, this occurrence is more common than you think because many dads become so concerned with being present in the moment that basic self-care no longer registers as a need. Uh, you were basically just being self or selfless, Sam. Yeah, yeah, self, selfless, Tim. <laughs> Can I try this part again? No, I don't think so. I I, I said the word wrong in the <laughs> Selfish Sam, selfless Tim. You were basically being the son of Sam. You were murdering everyone in the hospital. <laughs>
Um, <laughs> no, you don't get that one back. Oh, I man. think it was perfect the way it is. It's late. I'm old. Um, you know, as for Graham, I can't imagine what you guys. Do you are have going a couple to... of drinks while you're waiting in line at Target? <laughs> no, I, I was telling I was telling Tim that I came from a very long line at Target doing some last minute Christmas shopping, and um, that's why I was late. Yeah, um, was not at a bar. Late night out at Target. That's that's uh, that's about as good as you can get in this time of life. Good people watching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, as for Graham, I can't imagine what you guys were going through during those scary post-birth moments. Uh, I'm not a particularly religious man, but I, you know, thank the Lord that the talented team of um, medical practitioners at Cleveland Clinic Fairview Hospital um, were able to ensure this birthing story has a happy ending. And I'm sure it's only a matter of time before we um, have uh, interview young Graham on this very podcast. In the meantime, it's going to be a thrill to watch him grow and develop. Is it? Will it? <laughs> Narrator. It wasn't. Uh, no. Uh, no, we're um, we're super thrilled. And um, in all of the, the sleeplessness and the um, difficulties and the readjustments and all the things that happen when you are a new parent, um, uh, it's uh, it's great. And it is, uh, while very difficult, a lot easier here so far, I would say, the second time around, because at least when you're hearing the grunt and groans and coughs and choking sounds in the middle of the night, you're like, eh, he's fine. It's, <laughs> it's second, fine. Go back to sleep. <laughs> second kid syndrome already yeah, yeah, in. Huh? You're, not, you're not standing up before you're even awake. Like, what was that sound? You're like, eh, he's fine. Maybe he'll go back to bed. Uh, <laughs> you're and, lucky. Yeah, and I, will, uh, I, I would like to... Um, uh, ditto your support for uh, the folks at uh, Cleveland Clinic and give a big shout out to the all the doctors and the nurses that, and, and staff um, all the way down to the people that are keeping the vending machines stocked because I definitely was hitting those up over the, the three days uh, at, that we were there at Fairview Hospital. Um, they're great. And these people, um, you know, uh, they're not getting paid enough. They don't get enough rewards. They don't get enough benefits. Like they're just like they're just amazing um amazing people there that are doing incredible jobs and just um do some really hard work and somehow every day put on a great face about it go in and try to make um the experience magical and and painless and and helpful for everybody involved so i couldn't say enough good things about them for sure and especially with still going through covid fatigue and just trying to um keep going these people are experiencing all the stuff that everybody else is tired with and refuses to do and you're like i don't really want to put these people are doing it every day and they're seeing them the getting the worst of it so no they're doing a great job well tim yeah like i said i'm I'm thrilled for you guys on a personal level as a friend but i'm also really excited from a podcast level that you know we'll kind of have this front seat to so much um, more content you know right from the uh, uh, kid right from the start yeah this is the launching pad yeah. for this is we're going full joe rogan that's now, right you know like <laughs> bring on the q anon guests like let's do this you know? oh man I, that's not quite what i meant we'll have to talk about this off off the air uh matt the the instances of myocarditis in young people uh with this covid vaccine is very high i'm just looking on something on the internet right now i don't know <laughs> Oh man! Before Was that a good Joe Rogan? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, th- I think you got it down. Yeah, yeah maybe he'll hire you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I imagine it goes without saying that so 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 much has ha- has changed since we last aired a fresh pod episode yeah. three months ago. You know, a controversial World Cup has come and gone. Oh, that final! Yeah. Oh man, never forget that. <sighs> yeah, Messi. Good for him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good for. I mean, what a tale. You know, fairy tale ending. Yeah. To uh, like LeBron James of global sports. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. 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 Um, Donald Trump has announced his presidency and subsequently spiraled deeper into irrelevancy. The LeBron James of being an asshole. <laughs> True. <Yeah. laughs> and for all of you Clevelanders out there, billboards for intimidating <laughs> local attorney Tim Misney have evolved from his stern figure saying, I'll make them pay, 
to simply an up-close visual of his intense eyes and brows. Yeah, I'm conflicted because every time I see though I'm I see those billboards, I'm filled with a deep resenting rage that I struggle to direct in a positive rage, a uh, positive way because I'm just like where are we as a society that someone's <laughs> paying money to put a picture of a guy's eyebrow up? <laughs> To scare business to him for like what, like wrongful death, like lawsuits. Right. But you know, uh, the ad team, I do love how crazy it is. Like you're going out on the limb with that. I like it. Hey, you're falling right into Misney's trap. <laughs> yeah, Tim. look, Hook, look, I'm giving him free advertising. Like he's three hundred dollars <laughs> data recovery. Okay, that's right. <laughs> Uh, on a personal note, I celebrated a milestone birthday a few weeks ago and also took a recent trip to New York City, which I'm sure we'll dive into here shortly. Can we hear the big number? 4-0, huh? It's the 4-0. How you yeah. feeling? It's no longer a podcast of 30-somethings. Do you want me to install one of those like little wheelchair seats to get down the steps into our basement? <laughs> That'd or? be helpful, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's worth the cost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, we are definitely going to dive into that New York City uh, trip. That's going to be the main uh, large topic of the show um, tonight. It's going to be an interesting conversation, I think, because, one, uh, I haven't prepped at all for it. <laughs> it'll come right back to you. Yeah, it'll come right back. And, and two, I think the prep that I did do for it, um, you, you know, Jill and I lived in New York for almost 10 years uh, prior to having kids. And a big reason that we moved back to Ohio is that we grew up here, um, we were raised here, um, envisioning raising kids in New York City and navigating all of the uh, things that that comes with uh, is not something that came very readily to us. So, um, uh, and you know, our families are here and blah, blah, blah. It's, uh, it costs an arm and a leg to live there. Everything else is a part of it too. But the idea of raising kids there was always very intimidating. It's something we thought we wanted to take on and, and we wanted to do, and we just couldn't see ourselves there. So uh, that's going to be a great discussion, I think, for us tonight on the podcast to kind of yeah. figure out you as a parent going there and experiencing that. And you'd been there before prior to being a parent, too, and just walking around drunk and <laughs> doing peyote, I don't know, whatever, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, so it'll be interesting, I think, to have that conversation. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so happy birthday. I had a lovely time at your party. I was drinking the Lakewood Lager, which by the name of it, I assume that's PBR run through like artisanal coffee and crumbled vegan cookies or something. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have been so focused on making the bottles and getting sleep uh, and occupying a two-year-old's time that I'm definitely excited to hear about New York. And I think we need to change the name of the podcast this week to Better Off Living in New York Without Children because that's how I identify right now. <laughs> yeah, four days in New York City was simply incredible, Tim, even for an old guy like me. Uh, more on NYC in just a bit, um, but I'm all for reimagining this podcast into some type of urban living and craft beer sipping production. Perhaps call it City Slicker Hops Drinker or something like that. That's good. That's like a children's rhyme too. So yeah. that's bonus points. I'm sure our audience would just follow us, you know, to a new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, this is a sub brand from Better Off Dad. You know, that's it's right. like it's, it goes along <laughs> with us complaining. We have another one just complaining about airports and. Uh, uh, daylight savings time and <laughs> yeah. like this is just we're just building the whole brand here that's right yeah a very well, well better well better off without daylight savings time better <laughs> off drunk better uh, off without us probably yeah, <laughs> yeah. better off with our wives making it yeah 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 um you know but for since for now it's still a parenting center podcast i'll share a few <laughs> kid updates before we move along um you know like i said it's, it's been three months um tim i haven't checked the the, the email inbox but i'm sure there's been a whole bunch of our audience who've reached out saying, you know, are you guys okay? We're are worried you about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, should we do a welfare check? You know, <laughs> yeah. but we I'm just going to assume. We keep waiting to hear the story about, like, the people driving their car into a lake with all their kids inside or something. Okay. Yeah, like, what's <laughs> going on? Yeah. Susan Smith, right? Yeah, that? Okay. that was a real yeah, thing. Yeah, that's yeah. from our childhood. I remember that. Yeah, it was, it was um, terrifying. Yeah. 
Um, very scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, kids, um, in short. <laughs> Terrible. Um, yeah, my kids uh, continue to grow up, and I'm sure we can say this for Mara as well. Yeah. Um, and, well, and for Graham. Uh, way too fast. Uh, since oh, yeah. we last spoke, uh, Charlie celebrated his fifth birthday by dressing up as T-Rex on Halloween. Oh, I can't believe we have to go all the way back to Halloween. This is crazy. How much it's all good. Missed. I'm just yeah. in touch on that. Um, he learned how to pedal his Strider bike, so he's actually pedaling rather than doing it wow. Flintstone style. He's now the perfect height to headbutt me in the crotch, <laughs> and he learned the word nuts from classmates, so he's now capable of telling me telling me he intends to headbutt me in the nuts. <laughs> Before he was just doing it without giving you warning. Yeah. yeah. I don't know which is better. Yeah. But, um, He's slowly coming around to the notion that you do need to wear a jacket during Cleveland winter. Um, he was really fighting us on that for a while. Mm-hmm. And he recently beat me in a uh, memory board game. And well, let told me, me tell this, you, Tim, think, yeah. yeah, it's a humbling moment the first time your child beats you at something when you're giving your full effort. I ultimately attribute his sharp memory to the fact that he's never yet consumed beer. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not sure about that, are we, really? <laughs> um, that's really exciting on the Strider bike. Uh, I bought Mara a... Uh, uh, womb is what it's called. Uh, this is like a Strider bike yeah, yeah. situation. Nice. Uh, and she has very much gotten into the idea of walking with it so far. And I've started, uh, you know, it's gotten a little colder. We're not riding it as much now, but right. she started to get the idea. I've tried to sell her on the idea of like sitting down on it and lifting up her legs. And I show her on my own bike on how to do that, but she's just not quite there yet. Uh, I feel like she's way out of the game already walking to, walking her bike along. It's like, it's just one of those things where it's just like you want to, you know, we're bike people. And so you yeah. want to get her on, get her on a bike, you know, and, and get her getting those kinds of things. So I just think and also these strider bikes are great because it teaches kids to handlebars, you know, like yeah. having your legs over a, a metal object. And like, if you're falling over, how you have to recover to do something like that. So they're so they're great. So that's awesome that he's already pedaling along. So no uh, training wheels then. That's right. Either. Yeah. That's the Strider amazing. bike, it basically replaces training wheels. So um, he's never really going to have to do that at all. Right. Then. You know, you, le- you learn balance before you even learn how to pedal. Right. Um, so it's it's a great technique. I wish they had this back when we were kids. Yeah. Tim, but um, yeah, so I much still fun. have training wheels on my bike. <laughs> uh, One of these days we'll take them off. Tim. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Once tomorrow, we'll, you know, she'll show you how. Not after all, all this beer I've consumed. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, as for Lucy, um, who's now nearing two and a half, uh, she's starting to fight her daily afternoon nap. Mm. It gets later every day. Tells me it's not going to happen. Ultimately, does happen. What time does it go down? What What time is she going? Today down? it was two thirty three. Oh yeah. Um, I've been you know, there. That's, it's supposed to be earlier, but you know how that yeah. goes. Yeah. Um, uh, Lucy loves to, to touch every try me button in the toy section at Target, <laughs> yeah. usually until they stop working. Um, she loves drinking from drinking fountains, which of course isn't ideal during the COVID era. Uh-huh. Uh, she insists on listening to Holly Jolly Christmas on repeat. Oh, fun! Um, for a um, absurdly large number of times. <laughs> <laughs> Your Spotify rap next year is just going to be bonkers. Yeah, yeah. yeah Burl, I, whatever his name is, <laughs> oh, Ives. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Burl Ives uh, is big, and we have, uh, oh man, uh, up on the up on the rooftop is the big one in our house right Oh, that's right. right. Is that the same guy? Uh, that I, that, it's, hold on, I'll, I'll tell you. You can keep going, <laughs> and I'll, I'll bring it up on yeah, my yeah. Spotify. Yeah, just to finish up, uh, <laughs> Lucy, you know, she, she also has this adorable stalling tactic um, mm. Of telling of telling you, I've got to tell you one more thing. Yeah, you know. So she, I want to tell you one more thing before I take a nap or I put on my shoes, whatever the case may be. And then you watch her actively trying to think of something else to say to be that one more thing. So it's really cute. And she also does a mean impression of Bugs Bunny ever since we started watching um, a little bit of Looney Tunes, which I know is probably not the most PC kids show. Uh, what's up, Doc? Uh, what's up, Doc? Uh, what's up, Doc? Uh, 
<laughs> it's cute. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, up on the housetop now, Jean Autry. Oh, okay. Uh, so I she this is a Miss Rachel thing for for Mara. So she's big into songs for littles. Miss Rachel on YouTube. Uh, she likes to watch a lot of that stuff. So they were singing up on the housetop on there and got all the. She'll sing it now with the ho ho hoes and the you know click 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 and down went the chimney with old Saint Nick. Uh, so now we have taken to listening to uh, Up on the House Top by Gene Autry over and over and over <laughs> again uh, in this house, which has been uh, a whole lot of fun. Um, on the other hand, it is so fun when these little two-year-olds first appreciate Christmas. Oh, you know, yeah. That part's amazing. And start getting into all this stuff. Yeah. I, it's it's funny. I was telling Mar was going to down for her nap today, and she's also starting to fight it, also starting to fight putting on a diaper, which is been very fun yeah i think um, she's trying to tell you something yeah i think so yeah um that she wants to poop and pee all over the house <laughs> um but uh she, it was funny we were putting her down for the nap her nap today before her grandma and grandpa were coming over later on we were talking a little bit about santa claus because she had just listened to the song and she said her word for cookies which is like tootsies or something like that uh tutus tutus so she nice. says for cookies <laughs> And she kept saying tutus, tutus, and it's because she knows now that when Santa comes on Christmas Eve, we're going to put out cookies, and he's going to eat them. Spoiler alert. It's not Santa that's going to be eating those cookies. It's me. Okay. Oh, shit. Sorry, kids. <laughs> hey. that. But Santa, Santa eats everybody else's cookies, but I will be eating the cookies last night. Yeah. Santa, you're not getting any cookies when you come to I'll our be house. be diabetic or anything. Did I cover that well? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm trying to help out Santa Claus. <laughs> Um, Did you guys have Mara sit on Santa's lap at all this year? We haven't done that. We, I, we haven't either. We, so obviously we were in the pandemic mode last year, so that like I don't know that you could have find found that kind of situation right uh, last year, and we didn't do that this year. I definitely had those. I wonder. So you guys have never done that, or you we have did with Charlie back yeah. in the day? We have we have the photo of him at about Lucy's age being very skeptical of Santa. And yeah, I imagine it'd be the same. Where did you go for that? Um. There was a, a downtown Lakewood had a breakfast with Santa. Oh back then. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like so many of those things before it was the mall Santa. I went right. to a mall Santa when I was a kid. Which looking back on it, like what a shamelessly capitalistic enterprise <laughs> that is. But um, yeah, come buy some Victoria's Secret stuff and get your sit on this old man's lab. Um, uh, but and who knew that Victoria's Secret would turn out to be the significantly creepier thing in that than right. sitting in the old man's lap. Um, but. Yeah, we haven't we haven't gotten into that. I think that would be fun to do that. There's so many of those, even if it goes terribly wrong. Like that's even more of a nice memory to have. Yeah, right? you could argue that. Yeah. So uh, I think we might try to get back into that, but we haven't done that yet. Same. Yeah. Um, what other notes can I tell you from uh, Mara's life? She is becoming a a, a very loving and uh, attentive uh, big sister to uh, her little brother. Um, she can tell you that he eats and that he poops and that he eats <laughs> and that he sleeps. Um, and that's basically it, which is you know, honestly, you know, kind of checking the boxes. Yeah, she's uh, got there. it down. Yeah. This infant thing. Yeah. Loves to give him kisses. Uh, loves to, uh, help hold the bottle. Um, nice. when, um, when he's getting a bottle, uh, feeding situation done, only sat on his head at one point in time uh, <laughs> when we were turning the TV off and she wasn't spot. happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the skull's coming in with three places, two places. Who knows now? Uh, <laughs> so uh, she's really taken to that role um, better than we could have thought, I think. And it's been really fun to see her do that. 
she's also had a bit of a leap, I think, in in uh, in talking and some of the words that she's come in. She's come in with, you know, always talking now and communicating, which is really the strange thing was Jill and I went. Um, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we went and uh, we went to the hospital with Graham to, to have Graham and her parents stayed um, over at our house to take care of Mara for a couple of days while we were in the hospital. And so when we came home, she's just talking all the time. <laughs> like, and I do wonder, like I'm around her all the time. Jill's around her large portions of the day. Cause she works from home and, and um, you know, obviously she's around her cause she, her mother, um, we understand a lot more of what she is saying so we can read the tea leaves on that. And then all of a sudden you throw grandparents in there and she's forced to communicate on some basic things like, I want to drink milk and those kinds of things. I do wonder if that kind of helped push her over the edge on some stuff or she's just ready to go. But either way, she came out of that, um, out of the experience of, of being with her grandparents, like really just like blabbermouth and all the time. And I will say that the scariest thing in the world happened to me earlier today because uh, she was asking, we were going through some stuff and I was giving her, you know, like, we can't do that. Oh, we'll do this later. Like, oh, you have to you have to put a jacket on before you go outside. And she asked me the dreaded question. She asked me why for the first time. And I was like, oh, God, here it's now it started. Caught you with your pants down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it started. Like, you can only what what is it? Like, you can only answer the question why, what, maybe four times and then you're out of answers. Oh, like, yeah. there's no way you can go she beyond She always that. wins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's been fascinating. And then, you know, Graham is, uh, he's an infant. He's uh, he's checking all the boxes. He's eating and he's sleeping. And he's, like Mara said, he's doing all the things he needs to do and, uh, shout out to my wonderful wife who is uh, taking on the brunt of the of the work on that and just setting his schedule and knowing when the next bottle is and knowing what the right cadence with diaper changes and bottles and sleep and you know having the magic touch to get him down when it's seeming like nothing else is gonna work like um, I'd be uh, I'd be lost without her and the uh, uh, it's it's a lot of work try to share the load but like I think you would agree like you can only do so much when uh when this early on and uh the wives uh the partners really take a big uh, a big uh, hit on the chin early on in the in the in the baby's life for sure you know you know kudos to jill and to you too tim i mean you're both uh you know i, don't, I think we'll get into this more later just the, the the way you guys are breaking down the the rules during um with uh an infant and a two-year-old yeah but um, usually I Jill's holding the baby and I'm clutching myself <laughs> in the corner, you know, trying yeah. not to faint. Yeah. And we're both on a bottle, you know, <laughs> both of us are drinking a bottle. Mine stuff's a little harder than his, but, you know, we're both on a bottle. Um, with regards to Mara, my big, t- well, actually to, to what you talked about with uh, her talking more when the grandparents came yeah. into play. You know, we were in New York for four days, came back and Lucy did seem older. So I don't know oh, if there's yeah. something to just uh Stepping away and then and then recalibrating with your, yourself yeah. to them, yeah. Well, they change so much, right? Yeah, and and, um, and it is like I do think there's so many little things that you key on with your kids, right? Like new things that they're introduced to and all that kind of stuff. That one or two new skills or traits or abilities or thoughts is like this is a whole new branch of my child, you know? Now, maybe when she's 17, that won't be happening anymore, but yeah. uh, especially early on now, like, just, like, you know, little things that they want to do. 
she uses sentences now in some ways, right? Like she started to come in and say, I want milk and like those kinds of things, which she wasn't doing that before. She would just shout milk at us, <laughs> which is effective, right? <laughs> but um, but those kinds of things uh, coming in, uh, it definitely, you know, just kind of changes things. So it's exciting to see. Yeah. And we've had a couple uh, girl play dates here um, along the way. And the trains. Ta- that's right. Yeah. yeah we went to uh, the uh, um, Puritus Nursery has uh-huh. a train display that's really impressive and um, we went to uh, the, the Fairview Library, where it has a um, kid section that's themed after an airport, which is pretty cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, but my takeaway is that Mara is an advanced sharer for her age. Oh, yeah. She is um, pretty damn good at sharing whatever she has with her. Or I just take things from with. her all day, so it makes her use just <laughs> Trained her well. <laughs> my toy now. My bus. <laughs> This episode of the Better Off Dad podcast is brought to you by Blimp City Bike and Hike. Blimp City is a full-service, family-owned bicycle shop in Akron, Ohio, located right on the towpath trail near Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Founded in 2009, Blimp City offers a wide range of quality bicycles from reputable brands like Kona, Felt, and Bianchi, as well as specialty bikes like the Elliptico stand-up bike, electric bikes and scooters, folding bikes, and recumbent bikes. The shop also carries cycling accessories and rental bikes. Blimp City prides itself on providing exceptional customer service. The shop's comprehensive repair services include fine-tuning your bike to meet your comfort and recreation needs. Visit BlimpCityBikeAndHike.com to learn more and mention this ad in store to receive 20% off any accessory purchase. Make Blimp City your headquarters for outdoor adventure. Okay, we're back. Headlines. We didn't leave you uh, for as long as we did last time this time. It's just a brief Brief break there. Brief break. Um, Speaking of children, Congress passed its $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill this week. Omnibus, why are we even pretending we need to use that (laughs) word? The numbers on the omnibus go up and up something. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Jill's uh, or Mara's a big, uh, big fan of uh, Wheels on the Bus. Loves that song. Yes, she should. Knows all the motions. Uh, Inside the budget, uh, $858 billion for defense, $772 billion for literally everything else. This show is just shitting on like the government budget at this point. It's just that maybe we teach our children how to fly the F-35 and they'll care about (laughs) our kids anymore at this point. Um, There was some good stuff in the budget um, for kids. No enhanced child um, care tax credit. That was... Um, the direct uh, tax, uh, direct payments to the families got during the pandemic. A lot of folks, um, they were trying to get that so that if even if you didn't earn ten thousand dollars, you earned zero dollars that you could get more money. Um, uh, you could get some checks from the government um, to help, you know, make your kids not starve. Uh, they were trying to get that done. Did not happen this thing, but there was some cool stuff about. Um, getting um postpartum coverage through medicare to women it was 60 days now it is a full year uh, states can opt in for on medicare which i thought was pretty cool that's a big deal yeah very yeah. very cool we have talked about i think on this podcast before how um postpartum care is a, a huge problem for women there's a lot of like uh, mortality through that and everything else right. so um that's great Two months was simply not sufficient. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, There's Pell Grant stuff. Um, There was some more things around uh, child development block grants that will pay for low-income folks to get child care. So a a lot of good stuff, I think, in in the omnibus uh, bill. Um, Still falling short, I think, on on child care and parental uh, assistance in this country, but um, some good news. I don't know. What's your reaction there? Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right, Timmy. I mean, it's, it's a step in the right direction. I mean, when you compare 
the, dispe- the defense spending to yeah. the spending for everything else. I mean, certainly it shows that our nation's priorities are still out of whack. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm sure we sound like a broken record at this point, but I had a baby boomer who listens to the podcast recently tell me, you guys are great, but you should spend a little less time griping about, um, you know, care for, you know, societal care for young families. And um, it kind of struck a nerve with me because I think generationally, um, some folks might not understand what it's like to be a parent in this generation. Yeah. But um, I I think think it's our job to keep, uh, you know, to keep raising that alarm that it it's not equitable. It's... We're, we're going to keep sounding the alarm here, okay, <laughs> until someone decides to pay attention to us. But, no, I, I agree with you 100%. I think that um, uh, this is, it's a real issue. Uh, I, I think the, the world that parents are bringing up children in today is a whole lot different than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago, certainly. Right. Um, the Homer Simpson, you know, uh, blue collar single income family well, just doesn't it, work any it's, longer. It's real. Like, that's a joke, but that's true. Right. Yeah. Like, it's not like I'm going to get a union job and I'm going to work out for 30 years and my wife will stay home and take care of the kids. Like, that's not how like certainly those lifestyles exist now. Right. Certainly alternative lifestyles uh, like my own where my wife is working and, and I'm able to have freedom to take care of the kids and do freelance stuff and blah, blah, blah. As well as say, we're super privileged to have this opportunity. It, like those things work. Yeah. But um, the idea that you can just like, excuse the expression on it, but like stumble into a life that works for you now. Right. That's not how, and again, I've been thinking about this a lot and maybe in this um, blizzard of words, I'll come up with something that's actually valuable, but like that's not even how we were raised i think as like the millennial generation that this was supposed to all work out right is that we were taught to you know you're going to have to career jump you're going to have to always be like you know um looking for a new opportunity excelling into a new career and doing those kinds of things this idea that and we've talked about this on the podcast before the the anxiety especially as a male in society that comes with um exiting the workforce and thinking, am I going to be able to get, get back in? What's going to be available to me when I, after I take a break from the workforce and if I want to go back to work, um, that that's a very real anxiety. I think that we experience, And I think it's because that is how we were expected to kind of, um, live in like the global economy that we have right now. And so, you know, uh, this people wonder why, you know, we don't want to have more than, two kids or like the birth rates are falling it's like right. we're having kids later because we're working it's super expensive who wants to take that long of a break from the workforce to make things work child care is not available blah 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 blah. so right on the child care front i was just telling tim about a recent new york times article uh that talked about how um you the read chi- the new york times on occasion you know ever since i went wow. to new york city might as well. <laughs> <laughs> no but um basically the, the gist of it was that the child care industry is being consolidated into a couple national chain uh, child care centers. Yeah. Um, those child care centers do a terrific job. They, you know, they, they have really great care. They, 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 um, offer all sorts of customization, um, updates in your child hourly, whatever parents want. Here's the problem. The average cost of said national chain child cares is, uh, 40 to $45,000 yeah. a year. And they will extract the money that they can get from you. Absolutely. Right. right. That the market dictates that they can, which they should. Right. And you know what I mean? Like if they can, 
there's, why not? Right. There's, but they're squeezing out the mom and pop child care. Not, not unlike other industries as well. But. Yeah. And if you think this is all good, just imagine like that local. What if, you know, the local pizza place that you like, what if it was just Domino's now? <laughs> They've got technology. You know, they can crank out some good, good pizzas for you. Just like let them roll up. Like it, there's there's really big downsides, I think, to for sure. what you're laying out. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think, again, uh, it's to harp on it one more time and to, to stand on our soapbox around it. Like <laughs> if the, if we can't get, um, if we can't get quality childcare workers in because they're only able to pay them 10 or $15 an hour. Uh, and the market hasn't figured out like how to make that better. Like we got to do something because the, there's a lot of value towards quality childcare in this country, economic right. value, getting people back to work, getting us back to work, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Um, that getting me away from my kids for a couple hours? No. Uh, <laughs> that it's just, it's a shame because it's like, what's broken in the system that it's not working? So Right. And, you know, it's, it's easy to, to say, where is the money going if, you know, here these national chains are, are charging, you know, upwards of 40 grand a year, and yet they're paying their child care workers who are very valuable to the operation, you know, um, pennies on the dollar. We're going to get to all those expensive apartments you saw in New York in just a little bit in the podcast. That's, That's for the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for all yeah. the money, right, Tim? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, the other big headline, major uh, drugstore retailers are limiting the sale of popular over-the-counter children's medications because the universe isn't done shitting on parents quite yet. <laughs> it's the triple-demic. We got COVID. Are they calling the tridemic, triple-demic? I don't remember now. I don't know. It's, yeah. Anyway, uh, it sounds bad. COVID, flu, RSV. Uh, Take your pick. Yeah. <laughs> it is just, uh, it makes you nervous just when you thought it was safe to go in the water, right? Like, we felt mm-hmm. like we were finally through this COVID stuff. We got our kids shots. Um Things felt like they were returning to normal in in a lot of ways, yeah. and then especially you know we've got a five month old or five week old right now. You're scared to death. Your kid's going to get RSV and going to have to go to the hospital and get a spinal tap, right? Um, to right, right. to to have some kind of treatment. So um, frightened again. Yeah, you know, and um, I know Tim Tim's family went through COVID. My family actually went through COVID um, in early October, right as we went on our podcasting hi- hiatus here. And uh, you know, sure enough. Um, I was the person who brought it into the family to all four members of my family. Not still not sure how I managed to do that, but probably um, me. <laughs> it, you know what comes around goes around. Yeah, yeah. And, you, know, I, you know that's that's what's scary is I was just in New York City exposed to thousands upon thousands of people. Um, we masked on subway systems and whatnot. But you was know, the mask pretty prevalent on the subways? Not at all. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. At most, a quarter of people, I would say. Okay. But um, yeah, you know, so you just uh, you hope for the best, you prepare for the worst, and um, yeah, hopefully one of these days we'll be able to retire the terminology triple demic. Yeah. God help us. All right. For our main topic today, we're going to discuss New York City through a parent's lens. Uh, this might sound overly specific, and it is because I just returned from a trip to the big city, and Tim, of course, spent the better part of a decade living in New York. NYC! <laughs> but uh, much of this can probably be Brooklyn, translated. stand up! No. That, <laughs> I can't number, pull that off. The amount of times we heard uh, <laughs> yeah. Jay-Z's song. Oh, we really? There, it's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Every single rickshaw I, driver. I... Get, I... <laughs> Like I feel like I came up in a world of like wearing you could wear a New York Yankees hat and people wouldn't ask you about like how Aaron Judge was doing that season <laughs> and I adopted that I wear a, uh, a Guardians hat all the time now yeah, and people yeah. are like oh wow did you see like Steve Kwan and I'm like I don't know who these people are <laughs> I'm just wearing it because I live here okay yeah not a real fan ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so we're gonna talk about New York and yet I, I think- said Steve Kwan. 
he he's, got a, he's a real player. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. This guy knows a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I paid attention. Speaking of which, last time we recorded a podcast, him, um, we were talking about them oh, yeah. coming back on the plane after clinching, and you know they had a nice playoff run. So that, great team. Credit where credit's due. The uh, one of two Cleveland sports teams worth talking about. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thou shall remain nameless. For the other one. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about New York City, and especially from a parenting standpoint. But much of this can probably be translated to you any scenario in which you are considering raising a family in an urban setting. Mm. So, uh, well, nothing can ever supersede Cleveland for me, Tim. New York certainly lived up to the hype. Uh, that is, of course, if you overlook encounters with rude people, which mm. we had, uh, rats running ar- along subway tracks, which we saw. That's just the wildlife. And seeing not one, but two people, both genders, mind you, engaging in public urination during the middle of the day. I urinate in public all the time. <laughs> I don't doubt it. <laughs> uh, this uh, was a, res- a rescheduled trip from March 2020 um, for us, and Elisa's first time visiting New York. Tim um, was kind enough to put together a insider's guide, and we followed a great number of his suggestions. Tim, have you considered selling this shit to TripAdvisor? I mean, we're... I can neither confirm nor deny any of the talks that we are in <laughs> currently with TripAdvisor, Yelp, or any other platforms that haven't actually contacted me but are welcome to after listening to this podcast. But no, I haven't. No, yeah. it was next level recommendations. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so my did wife, you get a cookie at Levain? We did not, but we did go to um, Magnolia. Oh yeah, yeah. cupcake and or banana pudding? Both. Ooh. The banana pudding is very good. It was great. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not even a banana pudding fan. I'm a chocolate guy, but it was worth it. Yeah, it's very good. You know, so my wife, Elise, is quite the ambitious adventurer um, and energizer bunny of sorts um, when she gets in travel mode. And, um, you know, especially when you go to a city that never sleeps. You know, we, we stayed uh, for, for us. We, we stayed near Central Park on the upper, upper West Side of Manhattan, uh, got an unlimited subway pass and then mm. proceeded to walk 50 miles in four days. Uh, feet still are recovering from that. <laughs> yeah. uh, we certainly didn't see everything. But we saw an awful lot. Highlights for me. We're coming to grasp the enormity of Central Park, taking in views from the top of the rock, as they call the Rockefeller Building, traversing the High Line, which is an elevated kind of greenway trail that runs along a repurposed freight rail track, and venturing across the Brooklyn Bridge to explore the equally exciting borough that is Brooklyn. Tim, why the hell did you ever leave this place? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I guess we wanted to have kids. Um, I'm actually, I would love to hear your... um, I'd love to hear what you thought about uh, Central Park um, and uh, and the High Line. And I guess maybe we'll put Central Park on pause because I do think from a parenting perspective, that's kind of an interesting thing to look at because uh, right. f- with families there, you're all trapped. You don't have backyards, right? Yeah. You don't have basements. You're all sort it's of trapped. It's not even grass. We know dogs have to just pee on yeah. you know, concrete most of the time. People, whatever. <laughs> They're peeing on everything. Um, you're you're trapped in these uh, in these you know sardine cans of apartments there unless you're unless you're high, uh, you know high roller or moving out to the burbs um, and Central Park is your backyard right. um, so maybe we can kind of get to that but the, the as a park guy I'd love to kind of hear what you're and did you guys go to the little island uh, thing that was on the pier we did okay I didn't so, want to make you jealous yeah. we did I um. was very I think I, <laughs> I saw one of your photos that Elise posted on Instagram I think and yeah, I, yeah. I was like I think that's like a selfie that's taken from that park so I, I just New York is an incredible place for its it's um it's walkability and it's it's transit and it's density and it's you know just um it's kind of electric kind of feeling um but it's the parks 
the parks there and the amenities in that sense it's, it's incredible and i think the high line and that that like that little uh little pier park thing is yeah. is a good example of that park system is just incredible um, yeah. you know uh, when it comes to central park it's so huge that it, it seemed like it had different ecosystems with, yeah. within it you know um in, which was which is incredible in itself and then uh, the high line is um you know it's it's basically a big tourist attraction at this point and and, and also a form of mobility but it's um, and, it, and it shows what grassroots can do because that was just a couple guys forming a yeah a friends of group and and creating something that now is um, pretty legendary. Are you gonna build a dilapidated uh, rail line <laughs> in the middle of Lakewood now? And <laughs> I'm sure Cleveland has a couple we could yeah, yeah, repurpose. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, damn, Tim, you gotta make it back and see this, this shit for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think I'm not doing it justice. Yeah. Here. <laughs> no. I. You know. I again. Like yes, we kind of prompted me here. Why did you leave this place? And I think you know we've we've talked about this in the past. Like we, um, Jill and I wanted to. You know, we talked about it a little early in the episode that we wanted to have. We thought we wanted to have have kids. That was important to us. We couldn't envision having kids elsewhere. We have family here. Um, it's a very expensive place to live, of right. course. Always feels like you're sort of on a treadmill. It just seemed very foreign. I think in the end is like the the bottom line. And I think foreign but amenable to drunk twenty and early thirty somethings <laughs> that were just like excelling in their careers and having a good time with friends and doing that kind of thing. But as parents that were suddenly responsible for a person that, that feels like a very thick veil pulled over your eyes so um i think that was a big reason for us in the end you know yeah and i love the fact tim that you brainstormed this idea to talk new york city from the standpoint of parenting because lisa and i routinely found ourselves considering this topic during our trip this place is amazing but could we successfully parent our kids here without losing our minds and going bankrupt yeah. and i think the answer is no <laughs> <laughs> I, what were I mean? So you I, you guys had three days there. Yeah. You did Central Park. You did Brooklyn. I uh, Manhattan from Brooklyn. Those are two very different kind of existences too, right? You're, yeah. Brooklyn, you feel a little bit more suburban, and I think in in our in our suburban show break, in a relative. Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the idea that um, you were going to different areas, and you talked about the Upper West Side having a vibe, and like you know, feeling like a different way. I think that's like an interesting way to, to look at New York and to say like, could I live here? Like New York is a very different way than looking at it's like, could I live in Yonkers and work in New York? Or could I live in Queens and live in New York? Or could I do Brooklyn? And like right. interested to just kind of hear your perspective on just the different areas of the city that you were in from that perspective. And if you felt comfortable, more comfortable and at home in one than the other. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think you know from a living standpoint, I, th- you're, I think you're absolutely right that you know Brooklyn or something a little bit more su- suburban would would definitely be easier. Yeah, you know, being in Manhattan, um, we, we absolutely loved it, and yet in the back of your mind you kept thinking, okay, this is vacation to actually do the real world real <laughs> yeah. here with kids. Yeah, and we actually talked a little bit about you know, chances are if we ever pulled this off, even in the most unrealistic terms, we b- would both have to work. But if I was a stay at home parent there. What the hell would I do with the kids all day? You know, because yeah. we live in some sardine can um, box of a apartment. You know, I, I guess you would just spend every day at, um, at Central Park. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you can get memberships to all the museums, but they're probably a little more pricey. Well, and you just think <laughs> about too, like I, I, the way I look at that too is that you think about like, well, what do you do every day in you know every other part of America? And it's like you go to the grocery store, you go to Target. 
you like have like normal kinds of adventures. You go to the museums, you do that kind of stuff. And when you go to a place like New York, I think having a chance now as a parent to kind of look at my life now and then having a chance back to look at what our life was like in New York, I do think there's a lot of disconnects. Like we would never, I don't think, have had um, – the opportunity is not clear to me how we would have pulled it off <laughs> with how we have things now. And I wonder what our lives would have looked like if we would have had kids and we would have had to have them in or out of childcare. When we lived in New- when Jill and I lived in New York, we had a 550 square foot apartment that was essentially a bedroom, a hallway that was a kitchen and a living room. <laughs> had we had a child at that point, I don't know how yeah. working from home for both of us and having a kid would have even been possible. Right. But or even on like a winter storm day, like we're gonna have tomorrow, just coexisting everybody in yeah, that space. I think, I think two things from all this. I think one thing that's important is that, um, like anything in parenting, we're always presented with these seemingly impossible kinds of scenarios <laughs> that you're just like, well, this is a situation, so I'm gonna deal with it, right? Like right. you know, when you're when you're not a parent, it seems impossible to take care of a kid. When you're when you have one kid, you're like, how am I going to do with this with two kids? And then you do it with two kids. And I think you always adapt. Yeah, you yeah. adapt. And I think in those settings, you're like, oh, I would make this work and it would be just fine. Um, and and I think the other the point is, too, that looking back on it now, all the things, many of the things that seemed overwhelming about New York, um, I think in some instances would be adventures for the kids. Right. right. Mara right now loves to walk. Um, to Clifton Boulevard, very close to our house, and do the crosswalk every day. <laughs> and she just loves to hit the button and cross the street and then hit the button and cross the street again. And yeah. I think going into a subway uh, station, while it would be terrifying from all the loud noises and all the people around her at first, would be super exciting to stand there, wait for doors to open, and walk into a train. She would think that was absolutely amazing, right? Because she loves getting on the bus here. Um, yeah. It's so, funny you say that, though, because... Yeah. We actually have the exact same thing. Lucy likes to hit those, or both our kids like to hit those buttons too for the crosswalks. And in New York, you don't hit those buttons. Yeah, yeah. Because you cross whenever the fuck you want, okay? <laughs> well, but even if you don't, they just, you know, the streets are so good at, at changing the crosswalks. Um, Signal priority, baby. Yeah, That's so. Why can't we get that here, you know? Yeah. Um, but to your point, then the kids would get to press buttons on elevators or yeah. somewhere else. So yeah. They'd, they'd add their. They're, uh... The whole city becomes like a an adventure for them. So, right. but again, uh, and we talked about this a little bit while we were on break. Um, it's just so expensive, yeah. and um, I think if that's the deal breaker right there. Isn't depending it? on what you are willing to sacrifice, um, you can make it work. And I think that's a, that's a lesson from anything in parenting, right? Like, yeah. you can do anything you want. Like, you can make whatever priority in your life is important to you as a parent. It just depends on what you're willing to sacrifice. Yeah, we were just talking about, you know, I mean, Tim having to sa- even sacrifice a uh, an oven and a dishwasher yeah. at his yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Manhattan apartment. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it, it's an amazing city. You know, if if not for the financial piece, I really do think kids could have a, a really wonderful experience there. Yeah. Um, you know, and even coming back, I was telling Tim that I'm having a little bit more of a post-vacation hangover than normal just because it was such an incredible place to visit. And, um. I'm a skier, and if you go skiing out west Colorado to these incredible Rocky Mountains, you come home to um, Podunk Little Boston Mills Brandywine, which is a local resort um, uh, between Cleveland and Akron, and it just seems so tiny. Yeah. And by the same token, 
you know, when you go to New York City and experience all of its vibrancy, um, come back home to Cleveland, you have to really remind yourself to appreciate it. It's it's just not the same. I'm never more depressed than I'm when in, <laughs> I'm in downtown Cleveland. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know exactly what I mean now, having just come back from New York. Like, I do. And I love downtown Cleveland. There's but... nothing more depressing than walking down Superior Avenue on Wednesday at 2.30 and being the only person on the sidewalk <laughs> and being like, what the fuck is this place? <laughs> um, I don't think Destination there, Cleveland's going to be hiring you after all, this. <laughs> there are. There's just a bunch of empty RTA buses looking like they're just driving around chasing each other. And that's all that's going on. Uh, Cleveland is a lovely city. It's There's lovely people here. Um, and it's got a lot of great uh, elements, half of which we don't even give a shit about, a.k.a. Lake Erie down on the uh, on the north coast of, of, of downtown Cleveland itself. Um we're working on that, Tim. We'll, we'll we'll come around. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we might have some new stuff to report on that. Report out. Uh, I hope so. In, in this coming yeah. uh, in this coming year, um, but no, you're, you're right. The, there's just so much uh, uh, vibrancy there. I think, and that's that's a good way um, to put it. And I do think if if you're a parent, you're listening to this podcast still somehow after all this, um, and you're thinking about places to take kids. I think New York gets a lot of raps because. You know, it's dirty, it's dangerous, it's blah, 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 blah. I think it's a really wonderful place to take kids when they're ready for yeah. it. Um, because I do, it just introduces them to so many things that are um, so interesting and different from other things that you can find in this country. That kind of just the, the density of life, the way that people are living there, the, you know, I moved back from New York and it blew people's minds here that I didn't have a car for nine years. And like, <laughs> that's just a normal way of life there. So I think right. just like, you know, kids are sponges. And I think just giving them the experience that it's like, life doesn't have to be like this. Life doesn't have to be like that. Like you can, you can experience things in different ways. You can hate that and you can love it. But like showing them like this different way of life and it is such an interesting, unique place to just like walk around and absorb it all in. You don't have to have a plan. You don't have to be waking up at rope drop to go to Disney World or whatever kind of crap kind of stuff is going <laughs> on. Um, it's um, it, it's a great place to take kids. I definitely recommend it for people. Well, and Tim, I was gonna since we both have blown the opportunity to raise our kids there, I was gonna suggest we retire there. And yet, my other takeaway from New York City is that it'd be a very difficult place to be utterly. It's just not really set up for aging in place, um, on, you know, as well. It was my, my goal is to still raise our kids to idolize, uh, dense cities like that and then get them to go there and then have us move there and just <laughs> be elderly, like grandparents, like taking take care, care of their of children or yeah. you take in or have them take care of us or do what else. So, uh, if, if Mara or Graham are listening to this podcast in 20 years, the plan is revealed. Okay. <laughs> we'll look forward to that. Yeah. This episode of the Better Off Dad podcast is brought to you by Blimp City Bike and Hike. Blimp City is a full-service, family-owned bicycle shop in Akron, Ohio, located right on the Towpath Trail near the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Founded in 2009, Blimp City offers a wide range of quality bicycles from reputable brands like Kona, Felt, and Bianchi, as well as specialty bicycles like Elliptigo stand-up bikes, electric bikes and scooters, folding bikes, and recumbent bicycles. 
The shop also carries cycling accessories and rental bikes. Blimp City prides itself on providing exceptional customer service. The shop's comprehensive repair services include fine-tuning your bike to meet your comfort and recreation needs. Visit BlimpCityBikeAndHike.com. That's BlimpCityBikeAndHike.com to learn more and mention this ad in store to receive 20% off any accessory purchase. Not bad. Make Blimp City your headquarters for outdoor adventure. All right, we're back with uh, What's New, Kiddo. And before I dive in, um, Tim has brought a, a new beverage. This is Humble Giant by Twin Oast Brewing, which um, I think you said is Port Clinton area. Um, um, yeah, let's look. Let's get the facts straight. Yeah, it is Port Clinton. Yeah. Catawba Road. Oh, nice. Um, a lot of weddings there. Very picturesque from what I understand. Yeah. Um, but read those tasting notes because I love them. Humble Giant. Colossal, lush, splendid. Humble giant. Splendent. That is a word <laughs> that you want to think of when you're drinking a beer. Yeah. I, I might have actually said splendid and just didn't read it properly. Is it splendid? No, it's not. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is splendent. I was trying to do it like an advertising read and I just butchered it. But, um, Better than you calling me Sam earlier. <laughs> now I can't even add that, mm. add that out, huh? No, no, no. For the record, Sam's my next door neighbor. He yeah. also turned 40. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. But, it was his birthday. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, before we again, before we dive in, um, <laughs> yeah. just use the facilities here. And Tim, uh, during the interim of our absence, has uh, remodeled his uh, first floor half bath, uh, mostly, I believe, by yourself, right? Or well, with some significant so. help from my father-in-law and uh, a neighbor, okay, uh, friend of mine. Regardless, I'm impressed. I couldn't do half that shit. And kudos I, to you, Tim. Neither could I before I did it. And uh, a big shout out to my father-in-law, Steve, uh, who uh, was. Uh, invaluable uh throughout the entire uh but uh process but particularly within the plumbing uh situation and that part's uh, important yeah pretty critical <laughs> uh and to uh, a neighbor on the street ian who helped walk me through flooring which i had no idea what i was doing is he becoming a father in 30 seconds too uh he is uh currently a father oh, nice. um but um so uh Important to note, I, I do have a thing apparently with bathrooms uh, and remodeling them when children are coming. I was like painting our bathroom famously the day before Mara was born uh, upstairs. Uh, oh, do you get kind of like the nesting phenomena? That it's something I think. Get? Yeah, I think it's it's something coming nesting. over what's, me. What's the word for that? Nesting. Is that it? I think. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. Something's wrong with me. I have a mental block <laughs> of some kind. Um, but I do, I do, I do that. Like it's something in my head, like I got to get this done or else we're never yeah. going to do it. Like those kinds of things go through my mind. So we got the bathroom done. I did have a teensy bit of a issue with it and I can tie it directly into my, um, uh, into the birthing story because when I fainted, uh, when, uh, Graham was born, everyone was like, wow, you really hit your head on there. That Are, are you okay? And I was like, you know, I'm not really worried about my head as much as the fact that I went pretty... You played football in high school. Right. There's nothing up there anymore anyway. <laughs> uh, I went down pretty hard on my knee, which had five stitches in it at the time uh, when I hit the ground in the hospital. And I had five stitches in my knee because during the uh, renovation process in the bathroom, I took a utility knife cutting a piece of uh, PEX uh, that you, you need for uh, plumbing. And uh, I put a utility knife cutting that uh, directly into my knee. Ouch. Uh, while uh, my wife was away uh, caring for our cat and I waited <laughs> till she got home and then I announced uh, proudly to everyone my my in-laws and my wife that I needed to go to the emergency room to uh, stop the bleeding in my knee so it's one thing after another with you blood sweat and tears baby <laughs> blood sweat and tears okay 
All right. Um, well, kudos on the bathroom renovation. Let's keep you away from the um, the sharp objects from now on. Can I just add, I did get the stitches removed the last day before we went home with Graham nice. at the emergency room downstairs in the hospital waiting two birds. To, to get out of there. Yeah, Perfect. two birds, one stone. It was really efficient. Did they okay. circumcise them next door to you while you were getting <laughs> they the tried to removed? They tried to cut my thing off. <laughs> That was a weird thing. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. I don't know who put in the orders. You got that confused. Okay, I'm just, getting, just here to get the stitches removed. Mistakes happen. That's why Tim Misney's here. Although two kids, do I really need it anymore? You know, I mean, isn't that isn't that what a vasectomy is? Do I have that wrong? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to tell you you're ready for that, Tim, but you might be ready for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you know. Well, yeah. Another episode of that coming up. <laughs> I'll look forward to that. That we'll broadcast live. <laughs> In the meantime, what's new, kiddo? <laughs> um, today I want to talk about parent-teacher conferences. Charlie's been going to preschool for several months now, and overall I believe the experience has been overwhelmingly positive for him. In fact, the only real mishap was the time I somehow managed to lock both kids in the car <laughs> one recent morning while in line to do school drop-off. And push it into a lake. <laughs> <laughs> no Susan Smith here. Uh, Elisa and I had recently uh, had the experience of attending Charlie's first parent-teacher conference. And this is less about Charlie personally, who's doing just fine in school and has a wonderful teacher and who does not appear to be on a juvenile delinquent tract or anything like that. Oh, that's good. And this is, But this is more about what a strange experience this first parent-teacher conference is. The fact is you go into this having no idea what to expect, especially if your child hasn't been particularly forthcoming about their preschool experience. You hear all the time about little kids who are well-behaved at home but not so at school or vice versa. So when you finally attend your first parent-teacher conference, you experience this unique combination of relief for learning your child is relatively subordinate and genuine intrigue about how your child carries themselves or interacts with others when they're not in your direct supervision. Anyway, this experience is certainly something coming down the pike, uh, and you have to look forward to, Tim. I love it. Uh, I, when you introed this, uh, and I was reading through the show notes, the idea of like, going to a parent-teacher conference still somehow seems like such a, like, um, something that, that should be reported on me. Like, I should be the, <laughs> the student, you know? Like, uh, and my parents should be involved with that. It's just like a being the parent of a kid in school and speaking to a teacher about them just as, like, a new level of parenting. Yeah. Um, and I love this. It's so exciting to hear, like, what is your kid like? How have you also, yeah. I don't know how you feel like it almost feels like it's like a marker in like your parenting journey. Like For sure. how well have I done so far? Yeah. It's like my kid, a total jerk when they leave right. me. And uh, I don't like, is that kind of what was going through your mind as you're hearing these things back? Or Yeah. I, we were sort of like, well, we know we have this warped, overly positive view of our kid. Mr. Teacher, you've seen so many preschoolers. What's our son really like? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're waiting for. Please come into this janitor's closet. We have to talk yeah. to you about your kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we were his last one of the day, so you never know what kind of mood you catch a teacher in. But yeah, um, it was a positive experience, and um, I can only hope that um, we continue to have good experiences with these parent-teacher conferences. Yeah. Uh, it's a great story. You did kind of wash over the <laughs> I locked my kids in the car side of the story. How did you get them out? Was glass broken? Did you do one of those like adrenaline pumping? I can flip the entire car by myself moves. Like what was going yeah. on there? I can I can explain it, Tim. You know, so <laughs> we're doing in my family when it's nice out, we do drive to school, walk and bike home from school. Yeah. Um, so we're always in a hurry. We're always late in the morning driving to school. Um. Get the kids in the car. Charlie had forgotten his backpack inside, which 
technically it's his responsibility, even though I'm the parent. So they're already both in their car seats. I lock them in to go get the backpack. That seems like the safer to do it, right? Right, yeah. Um, come back out, get in the car, drive them, you know, get out get out in the school line, close the door, which is a mistake, and voila, they're, they're locked in the car because I'd yeah. locked it previously, you yeah. know? And it's embarrassing because the other parents are taking their kids in and looking at me confused while I'm just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. And, and I'm trying to explain to Charlie through the window how to undo his seatbelt so he can... Um, unlock the car oh, manually. that's fun. Yeah. It would have taken at least an hour because <laughs> both processes were foreign to him. Yeah. Getting out of the car seat and unlocking the He's car like, from the inside. I'm, you've told me for forever I'm not supposed to yeah. do this. Yeah. Those are two things you don't want your kid to do. Yeah. Are, yeah. I was trying to like convince yeah. him to try to do it. So, Charlie, here's how you hotwire a car. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it gets to the point where, you know, the kids have all gone inside. I'm, I'm the only person now in, in the school line. And, you know, thankfully this was on a, a cool, um, you know, 40 or 50 degree morning. So it wasn't like I had to worry about them overheating in the car. Right. But so thankfully Lisa was working from home that day. So I was able to call her and she came. And then, you know, at that point you have to walk around and, and take your kid in through the main, main entrance to the school because um, you can't do the, the side door for preschool anymore. And um, what was your excuse? Like dentist appointment or uh, what did you say that you were doing that entire time? You know, it's funny. You get to the main entrance and um, a woman immediately says, looks at you, says preschool, and just takes them away. And I guess they're so used to people arriving late that oh, they just yeah. they, have, they have people waiting there on standby to collect kids. And as we were leaving, I was thinking, like, I should have questioned that person more. I mean, she was inside the school building, but <laughs> yeah. how do I know? She, you know, she didn't ask my name. Yeah. She didn't ask yeah. the kid's name. She just she just knew as a preschooler and took her took him. And thankfully, it all ended up They fine. came back the, at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Up Charlie a couple hours later. But I, I should have asked more information from this person who was standing waiting to take him to his classroom. Yeah, they survived. You're fine. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully um, from now now on, I not only do I make sure the door is unlocked, but I usually just leave my door unlatched. A little ajar. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Better safe than sorry. I did famously as a kid uh, drive my dad's car into the back of our garage in our childhood home. Do tell. He, he left us in the car, and man, was I in a car seat? How did I sneak around? I wasn't that old. I would have definitely been car seat age, and I snuck around to the front seat and I just hit the gas while like crawled into the front seat and hit the gas of the car with your hand yeah i think <laughs> and, <laughs> and just drove it into the back because in my in the garage and i'd love uh we know the people who own our house now uh in uh, where i grew up uh as i recall there is a er- area of the garage that was just like brick but there was just like eight by eights like like pushed on the back of it and i think that's where i just drove the bumper like into the car <laughs> i assume your speed wasn't such that it Created much of an impact. I mean, did it, I did all kinds of stupid stuff when I was a kid. So <laughs> it, you know, I that's probably the the reason for it right there. It's probably the brain damage from that accident. So we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to see. It's all starting to make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so for my what's new kiddo, I thought I'd take this opportunity since we have a literal new kiddo to try and summarize uh, some of what we're going through right now. This is the retrospective portion of the podcast. Um, I think the first lesson is just. Uh, the roller coaster aspect. Uh, there are times you are the greatest parent in the world, and there are times when you are convinced you have no idea what you're doing and wondering whether you're a danger to your children. Um, very literally, uh, there are evenings and afternoons when 
everything hits, you put that kid down for a nap, they fall asleep instantly, and clearly all the research and work you've done has paid off. I'll say Jill was spiking the football a couple of times during this uh, during this <laughs> early time. Yeah. Uh, and then there are nights when you and your partner are trading off trying to get the kid to sleep because you lack the emotional patience to get it done by yourselves. Uh, and you just got to realize that's all normal and what you're experiencing is normal and your kid is normal and you're going to be just fine. Um, but it's just, it's an incredibly emotionally taxing thing at times for sure. And makes you feel like you are either a genius or more seriously, like you're just doing everything wrong and you can't catch a break. And, uh, and those times are, are, I think are the most trying cause you're tired and you just like, you're staring at this little like kid that you love that's just screaming in your face. Uh, And you just want them to go to sleep and you're doing everything that you did the time before that made them go to sleep. And now they're not doing it anymore. And you're just like, what do I have to do? Is this going to be my life forever? Like, when does this end? And then the next day is amazing. Um, But it's, uh, it's, it's a lot. It's unpredictable. Uh, Yeah. Um, The second uh, thing, the second lesson uh, is uh, Jill and I have been playing uh, sort of man defense with the kids much of the time since Graham's been home. I've been keeping Mara busy while Jill gets Graham accustomed to the world. Uh, and we assist each other. We're helpful. Uh, I think it's been largely effective. But, man, we are two ships passing in the night sometimes. <laughs> uh, we w- One kind of anecdote about that, we had a conversation just a few nights ago where we weren't actually talking to each other at all. We were just having our own private conversations to each other uh, about our struggles <laughs> with each kids that day, pinging uh, back and forth uh, between each other. Um, you know, I came down, like I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, Mara's really fighting uh, going to bed. She's fighting diaper changes a little bit. She's wanting more like independence around that kind of stuff. So I'm explaining to Jill, like, oh man, Mara would not go to sleep. She wanted, she wouldn't put, she wouldn't put her shirt on. She wanted to sleep in just her diaper. I told her she couldn't do that. And Jill's like, so I just put your gram down. He will, and it's not, there was never any like <laughs> recognition of the other person saying anything. It was just like, we're, we we're both just at a level where it's like, we had just experienced the most taxing, uh, uh, difficult like parenting thing that we could think of for the last couple months. Yeah, probably and we, therapeutic too. And we sure. both just wanted to tell each other <laughs> about it, but we weren't necessarily interested in like, oh my gosh, that sounds so terrible. Right. Like, tell me more about it. We were just like, no but time I also yeah. have my <laughs> thing too. Um, so uh, it, it's really tough. Like, you're you're, I, I think especially with two kids, if you're doing it the way that. Well, I, I think it's difficult not to, to have these experiences. I don't know how you guys were when, when Lucy was born. You guys were having – when Sounds you guys ex- had Charlie. exact same man-to-man yeah, coverage. Yeah. You're just in these situations where you are both, like, emotionally taxed and exhausted and um, fighting very different battles. Um, yeah. Jill is, like, fighting a war of attrition, and she is surrounded by an enemy that has cut off her supply lines, and she's <laughs> – dug in she's hoping to survive she's in her keep she's going through all her wheat stores they're throwing dead cats over the moat uh i learned all this in like history class they used to do that stuff yeah uh and by comparison i am living in a time of relative peace uh with a child who's giving you a lot and engaging and can be amazing and loving and punctuated by all-out thermonuclear meltdowns right (laughs) it's just like total war um, she is out to murder you. Um, and it can be hard to remember you're not the only one having a tough day. And, and the toughest day is not a competition for anyone. 
um, and you can't play to win uh, that game. So, uh, yeah, more hopefully more kind of retrospective ideas uh, to come. But um, you know, it's been uh, it's been a whirlwind. You know, Tim, you're nothing if not eloquent with your words, even in your sleep deprived state here, <laughs> yeah, and drunk. Um, yeah, <laughs> maybe that helps with mm-hmm. it. But uh, I can relate to just about everything you just shared, and your two ships passing in the night phrasing is so apropos. Uh, we unfortunately still feel that scenario to this day sometimes. You know, just you're so busy with the kids, you're sometimes not paying enough attention to each other. Um, it's a unique and challenging situation when you feel like you're not yet out of the woods with your first child, and yet a second tiny bundle comes along to make the jungle seem all that much thicker and deeper. But you guys are doing great, Tim. Keep fighting that good fight. Uh, give yourselves plenty of grace and... Uh, know that the experience will get easier over time. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to that. And it's, again, we've talked about this. It's that challenge of, man, we are looking forward to when the kids are this age and, and this will be the experience that we have, uh, which is easy to do, but also like trying to remember, like, this is a unique time in our, in our lives that we get to enjoy this newborn in this phase and it's never going to yeah. happen again this way. Uh we hope and totally uh, both perspectives. Yeah, I agree. yeah, yeah. It's hard to balance that. Yeah, Tim, it's 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 great to be back, buddy. Yeah, um, here we are. We're back on the podcast. Yeah, a little rusty, but I think overall we did all right. I, you know, people can send their feedback. <laughs> I imagine it'll all be positive. You well, know, at least everybody will know that we're uh, we're still alive and kicking. People are chomping at the bit for a new podcast. <laughs> I keep hearing about it. And uh, book review. There's not going to be one this week. We it's the holidays. Books. Yeah, it's the babies. Are you guys are you guys hosting at all for the holidays? Are you going someplace? A little of both, you know. Yeah, but mostly staying local. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be hosting some family. Nice. Yeah, because we didn't want to drive around with a five week old. I think that's fair. And yeah, they, should, they should come to you. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're using. So, yeah. uh, how about a little New Year's Eve on in a couple of weeks? You want? Ooh, yeah. A podcast yeah. record for New Year's Eve? Well, we could do that too. I was talking about uh, finding one another all sorts over, but oh yeah, shit. Let's do a podcast. No, make the confetti drop. No, let's just drink. <laughs> Works sounds, for me. That sounds way better. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, anything else? Until next time, guys. It's uh, it's good to be back. Yeah. Try not to screw your kids up too bad. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear. Go ahead and subscribe, and please leave a review of our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram as Better Off Dad Pod. The Better Off Dad Pod would like to thank our kids and spouses who are responsible for this show, whether they like it or not. Our theme music was written and produced by David Paulette and is an adaptation of the song Alien by Zero to Infinity. Give them a listen on Spotify. Special thanks to Sam Painter, and thanks to you, loyal listener of the Bod Pod. Until next time, remember, our kids are our future. Let's try not to screw them up too much.